Good me gente, it's your girl Alice Jasmine and welcome to Hello Latino. Today's guest is Eliana Rojas. She's an executive and career transformation strategy coach, a DEI catalyst, a Hispanic advocate, best-selling author, and an international motivational speaker. Gasina. She was recently recognized by the New York Journal as one of the top 10 inspiring women to watch in 2021. In addition to coaching, Eliana also serves as an advisor for the Network of Executive Women, Center for Women and Enterprise, and Social Enterprise Greenhouse to support their DEI initiatives. Eliana graduated with an honors as a chemical engineer in Mexico City and currently lives in Rhode Island with her husband and two kids. In this episode, we learn more about the powerhouse woman she is, but also her journey in navigating Latinidad, womanhood, and ambition. Que disfruten. Bueno, muchas gracias for being here. Shout out to Cristina, Cristina Costa, for introducing us. She said the most amazing things about you in our first conversation. I was like, oh, I have to have her on my podcast. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited. Like, I'm really yeah. I was looking forward to it all week, so I'm happy that we're finally oh, here. <laughs> yes, me too, me too. And let's start with the first question. I know we have a lot of things that we want to talk about, a lot of things we want to dive into, and a lot that I want to know about your story. But let's start with the first question, and that is, how do you identify and why? So I'm a Latina. I'm Mex proud Mexican. Um, and, and I'm an engineer. I, I'm like, I, I think I have that rooted in, in my blood uh, and it's, it's in the core of a lot of the things that I do. So, you know, it's not like the traditional way, but definitely that's part of who I am. <laughs> oh, can we unpack that? What does that mean for you being an engineer? Uh, it's the way I think it's the way I see things. It's, it's doing um going into the the deep the root cause mm. of things uh i love to learn uh everything anything that's new i'll just do like a deep dive into it and i heard somewhere somebody saying oh i love uh to learn what makes people tick and i'm like yes that's me i mm -hmm. love to go into deep into the root cause what makes people tick, what makes people afraid, what makes people happy, uh, what makes people mm. feel like, you know, uh, extraordinary and what makes people feel not good. Uh, and, and I, and I'm able, I always say that and I feel like I'm in the matrix, you know, like, like <laughs> seeing things that, that for me, they're like right there. Like I, I can put mm. a puzzle together that's yeah. right in front of me. Uh, and then that maybe for others is not as, is, is not as evident. Now I can do right. that for others. I do want to stress it for myself. No, <laughs> mm. like for me, that's not the case. Uh, but, but it is a, yeah. an integral part of the way I live, the way I do things personally, professionally, business, whatever. There, there's always that understanding the root cause then putting it together and then, you know, turning it into, into action, something that you can uh, mm. do. And I love that you used it in, in terms of humans, like, you know, you're talking about the work that you do is with, with people. Yeah. We'll get into what you do <laughs> in a little bit, but that's, that's really like 
it's I think it's really special that you look at things that way from a very methodical way, it sounds like, but with humans, you know, humans are a complex methodical system and you're able to kind of like figure it out in terms of whether it's their career, their passion. That's what it sounds like to me, right? Yes. And I, and I, I mm. definitely love that. And it just um, reminded me, I had a, uh, I'm a chemical engineer um, and one of my teachers way back when, um, he, I, I can't remember the name of the class, but he basically said that there was uh, an equation for everything in life. Uh, it just had multiple variables, but if you're able to understand all the variables, you're able to then understand the outcome of every single action. Uh, and you're right. I think as humans, uh, we all have our different variables, but when we understand those variables and the, the result of, you know, sort of like putting the levers up and down, you can, in a way, uh, try to, try to be more in control of the outcome of what you're going mm -hmm. to do. Uh, and that I right. love, uh, finding, right. finding, again, those, those details, those variables. Still mm. quite surprises, but, but in love general. <laughs> and you're like, I can't do that for myself, but. <laughs> oh, no. For me, no. Big black hole. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's, I know we're going to jump into your career. I have so many questions already. I didn't realize that you were a chemical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll dive deep into that. But first, I want to get a full picture of who you are. And I want to start from whether it's your immigration story or your parents' immigration story. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that story is, if you know it? Yes, of course. It, it is uh, my story with my family. Uh, like I said, I was born and raised in Mexico, in Mexico City. Uh, my, my husband is, is Mexican. My kids are born also and raised there. Um, and 10 years ago, uh, there came the opportunity in the, in the company that I was working with at the time, their corporate offices are here in the U S uh, and specifically in Rhode Island where I'm located. So there, there came an opportunity for me to come to the U S uh, to a more senior global role. Um, and we didn't think about it. Uh, I think those are the kind of decisions that you just pack and move. I think if we would have thought about it, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have done it, but it, it all I, went just like so fast on packing two kids, dog, you know, house and, and move. And I thrive, uh, in, uh, on change. Like I love change, uh, even though it's scary. And everything that goes with change, I love it. So this was like a great opportunity. Uh, and then it was like, it, it, I think that change in particular was something like I'd never lived through. Uh, and it went from exciting to, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> kind of thing. Really? Um, and it's been great, but but there was that, that down moment uh, that I, I never imagine would have happened uh something as simple as uh, and i was just talking in, in another interview yesterday something as simple as going to the grocery store uh something as simple as paying the bills uh something as simple as doing all these activities in life that you've done you know through years and years and you just feel so natural 
And suddenly it was like I was starting all over again. We were starting all over again, relearning everything that you thought you already knew. And it was like, yeah, scratch that and start all over again. Uh, and, and it is intimidating. It is, uh, it, it did take a toll on, on self-confidence and on a lot of things that I thought like, you know, I know how to do this. I'm powerful. Mm. I've done this things before. And so he was like, I have no idea how to do this. And, uh, and, and it did take uh, a toll in, in several occasions in, in my, in my self and my self-confidence in, in a lot of different things. And how did you get over that hump or how did you get through it? There were several things. Uh, one thing, uh, when we, when we just moved, my, my husband said something extremely smart, which was we are, we're going to be good with each other for the next six months. Cause, cause the chain, at least for the next six months to a year, once we moved, uh, because things are going to change so dramatically that we can't take it personal. And, and I think that was the first decision uh, of deciding together that, that it wasn't personal. And that this change was going to have a significant impact in the way we interacted with each other, just because it's change, right? Uh, and I think that was the first thing, this, this partnership, this agreement of how we were going to go through this thing together. Uh, and, and knowing that I wasn't in it on my own, at least it was the both of us, because our kids were little at the time. They were five and seven. They, they were just like rolling with us. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I think that knowing that, that I had that support uh, when, when things got tough uh, and that if I, something went wrong, it wasn't personal. I think that was the, the first one. And then the second, um, when things got really bad in terms of self-esteem, in terms of self-doubt, in terms of not knowing your place, suddenly you're not from here, but you're not from there. You're sort mm. of in the land of nowhere. You don't fit in here, but you no longer fit in there. Uh, and, and you sort of become, or at least I, in the past, like had this, this great group of of, you know, friends and, and family that's always there with you. And suddenly you're like, como debo, right? Like on your own. <laughs> and and, and uh -huh. you don't really know who to talk to, all of those things. Um, it, it, I didn't realize how much I needed that uh, and how important that, that sense of, of belonging in that way was. Because people are nice. Uh, and people will right. always be nice, but it's not the same. It's not the same, you know, feeling uh, like you're really, you know, a deep, deep way. Yeah. Uh, and that took time. One, realizing that I was missing that. Uh, and then two, searching, <laughs> searching and then finding that, mm. that community again, that those deep, uh, deep, like true blood relationships, uh, even yeah. with their blood, blood, but you, you get, you know, uh, no, te entiendo, but, te entiendo. what I mean, uh, that are not just polite because they're polite, but they're not just yeah. there because they feel, you know, committed to, but that they're really there. Uh, and, and that was what got me like going again to know that I could mm. lean 
and now that I can still learn on, on them and they'll be here uh, yeah. and I'll be there like for them yeah <laughs> it sounds thing. like chosen familia right you know yes. like I think I think for all of us, one of the things I love about Latino culture is that everyone's a primo, prima, tia, tío, abuelo, abuelo, right? It's like, si so como yes. familia, like your familia, you know, to us, like whether it's blood or not. I have a cousin I'm super close to. She's, I call her prima all the time, but she's not blood cousin. You know, she's Mexican, we're Honduran, but she grew up with us. And so I'm like, la prima, you know, every time she comes over, la prima. And I think that's what you're saying. I think it's really special that you were able to find that in the United States, too, because, you know, I, I could totally understand how being raised and born and building a life somewhere and then changing it completely. And I just can't even imagine that. It reminds me of every immigrant, right, that comes here for whatever they come here for, a job, a better opportunity. Uh, maybe they're just fleeing their country, like whatever the case may be. I can't even imagine that feeling of starting over. And I would have never thought about the grocery store or anything like that. I want to know, how was your first experience going to a grocery store? <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never forget <laughs> not trying to understand what 2% milk was. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but like, you're like... <laughs> like does that mean that there's only 2% in the bottle? Like, like, oh like, what my God. Who do you ask, right? That doesn't look at you like, what do you mean? Well, it's like, that's one of the options, right? So that's yeah. those, Oh my those God. Um, yes. And then there's like 1%. And I'm like, and what's the, like, it's just what's 1%. The 99%? What's exactly. The <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh i really want to dive into because you know you you're a strong woman i think like already just by the way that you carry yourself and just i can really tell i think it's like a i don't know just latina women carry this strength about them and i think for you for being able to take this career opportunity move your family and i know your partner your husband was also involved in this as well but for you what was it like being this modern Latina slash professional slash trying to find communities slash trying to raise your kids slash trying to be a good wife? How how did you balance all of those things? <laughs> um, I think there's there's two different stories because uh, a lot of what you talk about was part in Mexico and then part here. And, and there's, there's two sides and it was definitely completely different one than, than the other. Uh, I, I've had the, the fortune of, of what, when, when my kids were born, that was in Mexico. So there's mm -hmm. like that support system that, that there. So although I was the, you know, I went to work and I had that, that opportunity. There was still my husband that was there supporting me uh, and, and other people that, that could, you know, that I could lean on from uh, make, making sure that, that my kids were, you know, I didn't have to, I still worried because, you know, I'm a mom, right. but, but I didn't have to like really struggle dramatically uh, from that end. So, and, and that was a huge thing, but still, this was so although... Yes, yes. Uh, and that was through the first like five to seven years of, of, of my kids growing up. 
um, but still, that was the the physical side of things in terms of them being taken care of. The emotional, that's a different story, right? Because you still uh, you still want to have that that duality of yes, going to to work and you know showing that you can do things and and showing up at, at the time. Um, I was a, a director. Uh, in, in the company that I was in. So like whole responsibility of teams and doing things, but still mm-hmm. balancing the, the getting back and, and, and being there for, for my small kids. So the, the emotional toll, uh, and then balancing that like was, was one thing, um, we were talking, you and I were talking uh before this in terms of i i remember uh one of these occasions where we had to approve a price list which was extremely important i was in sales at the time and it was a price list for the whole year so it was an extremely important conference call and i was taking it from home because i was sort of still in maternity uh so it was like baby on the one side like tried to take care of that conference call and the other trying to get the price list approved uh so those were the kind of, of oh my god things and, and balances <laughs> of, of figuring out you know those moments uh but mm. for me it, it's always for the most part i've tried to keep that balance uh, or that harmony i i, I should say because balance is 50 50 but harmony uh, uh not pushing too much one over the other because my family is still, uh, you know, first and foremost. Uh, so that was sort of that life there. And then here, different story because here, those mm. different support systems, not all of them exist. Um, right. So that's sort of an additional sort of role and error responsibility that you have to add to the all the layers of things that you have to do uh, yeah, right so and they were entering still, a different stage in their life too right yes it's a completely mm-hmm. different stage uh, but but uh, i mean my husband's still always been there uh, which has been the backbone of me being able to do all the things that that i've done um but it it it, it was hard to try to figure out the, I'm going to work, I need to deliver, I need to show up, I need to show that I can do this work uh, as an executive and, and, and deliver on all the responsibilities and being on 24 hours because mm. that's, what the, that's what the expectation was. But hold on, because at five o'clock, I still need to go home and take care of kids or I still want to be in there uh, you know, in the place at school or go, you know, to be in whatever situation that they, that they, that, that was important in their lives. So finding that those, those pauses and, and being very clear on where my priorities lied, uh, both from a professional perspective and from a personal perspective. And if that meant putting a pause on things, doing the other thing, and then coming back uh, maybe connecting it, you know, at night again to read emails where you need to figure out how to be more effective and more efficient or delegate a couple of things, 
uh, I have to learn that uh, pretty fast. <laughs> mm. Was there ever a moment where you felt like it was too much? You know, being you're like, yes, <laughs> I'm just like, t- like, just tell me about a time where it was just really hard. I, I honestly think for everyone listening who one either is a mother currently and is trying to figure out that balance or maybe you want to become a mother but you still want to keep your career thriving and growing or maybe you just want to learn you know from a modern latina like yourself who was able to do it so i'm just tell me about a time where it just got really hard uh i think it still gets hard all <laughs> <laughs> your kids now by the way just for some uh, they are 15 and 17 well no wow. 15 and 18 because uh, one of them just turned 18 last week. Oh, wow. So, so, yes, we're now starting into that high school, college. Yeah. Place. So it, it doesn't right. change. Like like the, the demand of being there uh, th- doesn't change. It just evolves. Right. It just evolves, right? Yeah. And there, I, we'll get into that later. But yeah, tell me about a time. I had another question that's on my brain. Where yeah. like, so many questions. Yeah. And I'm just curious yeah. about their first generation struggle and what their situation was. But let's go back to that time where you felt like this is way too much. Yes, there's been definitely a lot of times where where I've just woken up overwhelmed. Uh, oh, my God, all the things that I have to do today. Don't even think about what needs to happen through the week. Like just today, it's like craziness. Um, however, when I was um, in in college um i was in the last semester of college uh well in the last five or four months of college where i was taking 10 classes normally you take seven i think it was like six or seven but i wanted to finish so i i was like all the classes that i needed to oh take and like i'm ten, taking it so i was taking like so much. 10 classes um i oh, was yeah. working at the time because i had started the internship uh so i was also working as an intern i was because why not in charge of the of the graduation and all of the things that that happened for graduation mm-hmm. um and then at the time i was also uh, still a ballerina because that that was another base of my life being a prima ballerina so You're i was still dancing yes wow. um <laughs> and i had at the time a boyfriend right which and, and, you know, I was a teenager and wanted to go out and things. So I was balancing so many things, like from in the morning to uh, at night. And, and, and I did it. And, and I don't know how, but I did it. And that is, that has always stayed with me. When I feel like I can't anymore, that I'm like, this is it. There, there's no way I'm going to be able to manage all of the things that I have on my plate today. I remember that time. I remember the, those days uh, through that time. And I like, if I was able to survive like that craziness, I'm able to survive this one. And, and, and that gets, gives me the drive of, of saying, you know, you've been there, you've done that. This is just once more. And, and it's just about, um, I was talking with another coach, very dear friend of mine, 
changing your mindset from time is fixed to we can bend time. And when you think that you can, when you know that you can bend time, things start to fall into place. Um, and, and it's a complex thought, but if you think about it, we do bend time. We, we suddenly start doing things in a different way that we're able, when, when our drive and our motivation is there, we're able to fit things through and get them done. Uh, so, so that has been sort of, when I, I get to that overwhelm, it's like, okay, then what do I need to do to bend time and make it work? Uh, and the other thing that I, that I do is, is and that I uh, tell my clients is drop a couple of things. Like there are things and you're going to decide what you are going to do and what's not going to happen. Like definitely not going to happen because I don't know about you, but I, I love to be a perfectionist. Like everything has to be done oh like God. to the team, right? Literally but me. Everything gets happened to, has to happen to the team and nothing's going to get done. So I've learned that, okay, maybe this is not to the team. Maybe this is only it's going to get 80% done. Maybe this, maybe it's only 60% done. You know, my hair, maybe today is not going to be perfect and it's going to be curly. And maybe today, yeah. you know, like maybe today I'm not going to do my nails uh, or whatever it is that seemed to be important at the time. But in that moment in time, you have to make those, those decisions of what's really important that needs to happen. And what's just not going to get done. And, and, and uh, because if not, then, then we don't do anything. Then nothing gets yeah. done. <laughs> right. No, and I love this perception of time bending. I'm a big Avatar fan. So I'm thinking like airbenders and waterbenders. Mm -hmm. I'm like time benders. I love that concept. But you also brought up a lot of great points. And one of the things that I want to touch on is only because it's so relevant to me being a perfectionist, but also this duality of being an overachiever, which I think is like the worst two things to have in one person. Because being an overachiever, wanting to do everything, wanting to put everything on your plate, you know, spread yourself super thin, while also being a perfectionist and wanting everything to be perfect, like you said, to the T, and not getting things done, it, it's like you almost have this guilt of like, oh, like, why can't I get this done? Right. And it's like, well, why? And then you just get hard on yourself and nothing gets done. And then you feel like you spent the whole day doing nothing. And it's like being an overachiever and a perfectionist in one is probably just like the worst duo because you just have to constantly balance both. And it's like you saying like you just have to drop things. That's always been my problem in the past. And I think it's a problem for a lot of people who are overachievers. Right. And it sounds like you are, too. But I think also it reminds me of my own mother, who is probably one of the most amazing women in this planet. Shout out to this beautiful Latina woman. But she was working three jobs. She blames it on being a Capricorn, which I laugh about. But <laughs> she was working three jobs, single mother, before she met my father. And yeah, and taking care of, we say cipotes, like chamacos, but taking care of all of the kids and cooking and cleaning and i'm just like how did you do all that like how did you when she tells me these stories i was like how did you do all that and she would say similar stories to you saying you know conference call looking at the price list while you know carrying the baby 
She said with her foot, she would rock my baby, my, well, not my baby brother, my brother. She would rock him with her foot. He'd be on a little bassinet and she'd have her foot there. And then con la otra, con la otra pierna, she'd be costurando, doing her business. I'm like, so your whole body was just moving in that moment. <laughs> she was like, everything was just like putting into work. And it's just, it's wild, right? It's that, it's that, I don't know. I think it's also a power that women have, not to say men don't have it, but I think women also have a power of being just being able to like flow through things, right? I think we just have this gift of multitasking. <laughs> Even though I always say I'm not the best multitasker, but I think we also have this gift as women to just have like have our energies in different places and being able to do it all. But like you said, sometimes it's that downfall of being a perfectionist too, which I think I personally am working through. <sighs> you and, just brought and, up so many I good points. And, and I love, I love the story of your mom because I just did a keynote about a month ago uh, and, and it was happening exactly what you're saying of our heritage with our, with our moms and our abuelas and our tias. Because when you mm -hmm. look at them, they all have incredible stories. Uh, I shared the story at that keynote of my mom who at the time you know, I remember going to college with her, even though I was like maybe seven or eight years old, because she decided that she wanted to go back to college. And this is back in mm. Mexico, back in a time where that doesn't happen. Right. right. So and, and she did all of these incredible things like your mom of, of, you know, she was a mom, but she was taking care of us. But then she was also going to college and she was also doing this and that and all of these things. Uh, and, and if I think about my aunt same thing like doing a lot of things and stuff with us i always hear these incredible stories of resilience uh of just making things happen not because it was just there was no other <laughs> there was no other way it was like that's no it. Queda We're just no queda moving forward like that yeah have to do right and mm -hmm. so I, I, in, in that keynote, I talked about we have it in our blood, like literally we have it in our blood. We have we it do. within us uh, because we, we lived through it, we grew up through it, living through it consciously or unconsciously. We've seen these incredible examples time and time again of just doing things because we, we want to, because we have to, because we care for uh, others and in and those, those to me have been the, you know, the, the driving points of, you know what it is and, and I'll just figure it out. So yes, I love your story about, about your mom, because I think we need to tap into those, uh, sometimes when we feel down and we might forget, uh, we just need to remember that it, it's within us. Mm. And I always talk about that, you know, there's, there's a lot of generational power that we have. You know, and we, I think circumstances change, but that power is within us. Our ancestors are even really close, like our mothers or tias or, you know, the women in our family, as you were saying, or even just women like you, examples of Latina women out there who are doing it, who are out there figuring it out and doing, doing everything that they can to live the life that they want, to raise their kids, to be a good wife, to be a good professional, to be a good woman in general. I think it's just, we have power, like you said, within us. And I also love that you brought up the point of whenever you have moments where it feels like too much, you just tap into that moment when you were doing everything <laughs> and you got through it. 
I think that I read something the other day. Oh, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines what you were saying of you have to remind yourself whenever you get really down that you've been through it before. Like you've been through it and you got through it. And one of the most powerful things, I had a life coach about a couple years ago. And one of the most powerful things that she told me was, you know, she's like, you're healing right now. You're going through those motions. You're going through your first big transition in life. And this was when I was graduating college. I was super lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Felt like I was failing. I mean, the todo. It felt like it was pouring on me. You know, they always say when it rains, it pours. I'm like, this is no rain. This is no, era como todo un storm. <laughs> and for me in that moment, she was helping me kind of like move forward and and feel and get unstuck, right? From what that funk that I was in. And one of the things she told me after we finished all our recessions, she was like, you got through this transition. She's like, I'm not trying to be negative, but it's going to happen to you again. She's like, in life, we just go through these different transitions, whether it's you get married or maybe you get laid off or maybe whatever the case may be, things, things happen in life, right? And she's like, but remind yourself of this moment, how you got yourself through it. You asked for the help you needed. You got all the resources you needed to just like get through it, right? And she's like, now you have all these tools in your toolbox that you didn't have before. And that's the point of life is going through these motions and just learning from all the other ones that you've had in the past. So love that you brought that up. You reminded me of a very special moment in my life. And I think it's just worth, again, tapping into not only our own wisdom and our power, but also the generational part too. And the women in our family, the men, whoever that you look up to in your families, but it's it's that duality of you have inner power because you experience life. But also you've seen it, you've experienced these different people in your life also go through those motions. So wanted to highlight that. <laughs> yes, yes. And you also tapped into something that, that I, I did want to share in terms of shame and guilt in those moments. Because I think I didn't know until relatively recently uh, about uh, a, a, a very... Um, recognized uh, psychologist friend told me that in different research it's come up that shame and guilt for women is like number one number two reasons for or barriers uh and, and creators of this this fear um and i i didn't realize how important and how impactful or the shame, the feeling of, of shame and the feeling of, of guilt can have in, in our lives. Yeah. And, and I think now that I'm conscious, I'm able to then break it down. Because I can remember so many times before knowing that, that I didn't ask for help, that I didn't, you know, reach to others, that I, I wasn't kind to myself because of the shame and the guilt uh of, of saying no i'm supposed to know this or no i'm supposed to be able to do this or no like how am i going to accept that i have no idea how to do this right mm. that we were supposedly believe that we need to show up again in this in this power strength kind of super women i got this uh and then inside, you're like, I don't got this. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm like this size, you yeah. know, and, and, and the, the eggs are going to break right in front of me, but I'm still smiling, <laughs> right? With like terror in my eyes of what's going mm. to happen next. 
but the shame and the guilt is just too much to bear. Like you, you walk through those moments with all of that fear, that, you know, overwhelm that anxiety instead of asking for help and saying, I, I really need help at this moment of life because the shame and the guilt so much. Now that I know it, I can recognize it and I can say, you know what? I need help. Like I'm struggling right now. I do. I have no idea how to do this or I can't do this or whatever. And, and I can now, I feel confident in that lack of self-confidence to, to reach out to you and say, you know what? I, I, I really don't know how to do this. So I need help. Um, but it's hard. It, it's really overcoming and shifting that, that, that mindset and sort of pushing that shame and guilt aside, uh, sounds easy, definitely not easy, but it is something yeah. that we need to learn to do. And it, it starts with awareness, right? Like it, yes. you need to like really just recognize it and then you can overcome it. And that's a really interesting point. And one thing that I've noticed a lot, someone recently told me a couple months ago, like, Oh, Latina women have a stereotype of being really meek and quiet. And I was like, really? And it, it surprised me only because in my family and a lot of women that I know, Latina women in my life are very, very strong and opinionated and powerful women, but almost to a detriment because they don't ask for help. What you were saying, my mom would go, she still, you know, goes through a lot of things in her life, but she has very few people, if any, that she talks to about it. And I always ask her, I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And of course, I'm, I'm the worst person to ask because she's like, I'm not going to tell my kid what's going on with me, <laughs> you know? And I think that's something that I've been noticing about the women in my family and something I notice in myself that I'm still still working through. And I know oh, I yeah. recognize moments of it where I'm like, Ooh, like I need to ask for help, but I'm, it's me. I'm prideful. I don't want to ask for help because I don't want to seem like I'm either disappointing anyone and, or it's that shame and guilt that you're talking about. Do you have moments where you like still feel that? And you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you're I like still, all the time. <laughs> I, I, oh, of course. Like, yeah. uh, yes, I still need to show up and still need to be, you know, feel that I, that I, that I need to do the lunch and the breakfast and the dinner. And while I'm preparing for, you know, whatever it is from work and do the laundry and clean up this and like do all these chores, because if I don't do them, uh, I feel that they're not going to get done. I know they're going to get done, uh, but I feel it's like I have to do them. Um, so, so, and, and asking for help, although I, I know that I need to ask for help. Like I said, it's still like becoming conscious to say, mm. you know what, today, today I can't, or today I won't. Mm. And when those days happen, everything goes well. When those days don't happen, then it's crazy land. It's like, okay, right. running to try to get everything uh, yeah. up and running. Oh my gosh. Well, I know we could talk for days on this topic, but I want to kind of transition into our cafecito and chisme because I want to know more about your career. We talked a lot about, you know, life and all the things that you've been through and how you got through it. And thank you for sharing all those knowledge, all that experience and knowledge with us. I think it's beautiful. And I know that I'm learning a lot from you. And I'm just like, I need to reflect and meditate after this. <laughs> I'm meditating because I'm like, there's so much that I want to like unpack with myself. But 
for our cafecito and chisme. I want to know more about your career. So talk about college, talk about post-college, and talk about where you are now with your career. Which yes. I know is a long journey, right? <laughs> it has been. Uh, in the end, um, I want to say that I've, I've always been attracted to unconventional challenges. Now I can say that now. At the time, <laughs> I had no idea. Like now it's like, ah, oh, yes, that's me. At the time, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But like I said, I'm a chemical engineer. Uh, and then went straight into marketing uh, because, yes, why not? That's the thing that you do. <laughs> um, and I started working CPG, very, very Fortune 500 company in marketing. Um, and I grew my career there. Uh, and then I went into sales uh, because I wanted to get to an executive position. And talking to different people, they told me, you know, if you really want to get to that position, that like big commercial position, you need to have knowledge, not only of marketing, but of sales. Uh, so I'm like, okay, then I need to get into sales. So I did that, went back into marketing, uh, moved ac- uh, across a couple of companies, uh, building, you know, different kind of expertise in, in marketing and sales. And then the opportunity to come to the U.S. happened um, in that's a story that I told, like, we just jumped into it and got, got here. And with that, there was the opportunity to continue to grow and learn, uh, you know, how to grow a business, how to uh, grow a business within a, within a corporate environment. Uh, I negotiated TV network negotiations, which I'd never done before. Uh, do PR, which I'd never done before. Like, do a lot of different things wow. uh, because I realized that, that that's what I like to do. Like, that, doing all those unconventional things i'm like yes me i'm the one that likes to do it and then i'm stuck like i have no idea how to do this but let's figure it out together and then somewhere along that 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 path uh like i I shared before i lost myself i became so focused on work that i didn't realize that it became a job so from enjoying what i what i did uh, it, it just went into, I was surviving, going for a paycheck. Uh, and that didn't happen for a few months. That happened for like a good three to five years. Because uh, wow. I wasn't conscious. I, I, I just felt that, you know, this month, well, it's a bad month emotionally, you know, because whatever, right? You, you start to make all these excuses. Um, and, but next month, once this project is done, everything will be better. And then next month came and something else happened. And you just keep dragging it on, dragging it on until, until it, I, I really had a hard time waking up in the morning and going to, to work. I, I didn't like it anymore, but I, there was no other choice. I mean, I was like, what else is there for me? Um, and in, in that process of, of losing myself and I don't think I got to depression, but I was very, very close. I did burn out. I did have like a, a lot of different things that happened through that time. Um, and, and that's when I knew my career in the corporate life uh, was coming to an end. Uh, but it was scary because since I was very, very young, my dad had a corporate career all his life. So it's, mm. it's, it was like I thought that that was going to be me like right. corporate career till I retire. 
Uh, and then suddenly that, that was our version this, of success, right? Exactly. That was a version mm-hmm. of success. And then suddenly I was in this moment of, I knew my life and corporate career was coming to an end and I had no idea what was coming next. And, and I had never thought about myself starting my own business. That was like, no, in the world to find, I needed the financial stability of, 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 you know, having that, that paycheck, having that. I don't know what's going to happen. I just need to go to work and, and that's it. Right. And then jumping into this abyss was like, ah, and, and, and with the kids, uh, you know, now heading into a college relatively soon, I, I, like all of those things hit, uh, but in the bottom of my heart, like I said, I knew that it was just a matter of time that I had to make yeah. the decision until, until I, and then I decided, well, I'm going to parallel path and start building what could be a potential, you know, new company while I'm still you know, in my work, uh, just in case if it happens or, uh, and then, and then I, I did that. Well, I was kindly asked to do the jump <laughs> at the time, <laughs> um, I was kindly asked to, to leave the company and, and I think that was that was the moment that I needed because uh, I don't think if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have done it on, on my own. Uh, and then it was like, okay, now it's downhill from here uh, or uphill, well, depending on where, where, right. Uh, but, but I realized that if I didn't do that, if I didn't take that risk, if I didn't take that moment, it was still going to happen. I knew it in the bottom of my heart that. If I took another job in another company, I was just deli- delaying the inevitable that was going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. And I'm like, I can't go through this stress, this anxiety, this, all this negative emotions 10 years from now. I don't think I won't have the energy anymore. Uh, like I need to do it right now. And, and I, I took the jump. And now, three years later, I'm like smiling and thriving and everything's perfect. But I can tell you like, well, oh my God, it, it was like a roller coaster of moving from a comfortable career path, even with its ups and downs. You know, it was still comfortable because I had that financial stability and suddenly I didn't. And suddenly I was like, oh, well, I'm hoping that I'm making the right decision. Uh, and, and, and doubting myself was so many times, like maybe I'm just going to have to go back to, to, to corporate uh, until a friend, a, a very dear friend of mine said, either you, you put your, like, how do you say it? Like you take your stance, like you, you just go all in. Or you don't, but if you keep just being like halfway there, then nothing's going to happen. Mm. So I said, okay, we're all in, we're all in this for the next year and see what happens. And that's when magic happened. I think when, when I made the firm decision of for the next year, I'm going to give it all I have. Um, and that's when things turned around. Um, but, but yes, it's, it was a big. And shout out to your friend. I, I literally watched Shark Tank. <laughs> and one of the things, I forget who said this, which of the, which of the investors, but he told, he asked um, the person pitching their their business, like, 
are you doing this full time or, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And he was like, no, it's just part time. I have a part time job and I'm doing this part time. And the investor goes, mm, that's the problem. You're not investing all your energy into this. And the guy who's just like, yeah. <laughs> and from there, I remember my friend and I were unpacking with each other. We were like, well, you know, we really have to just dedicate energy and know exactly what our why is and go after our goals. Like we have to put it 100 percent or not at all. Right. How was that moment for you, though? Because I think it's really easy to get caught up in stability, you know, especially for I think a lot of people who crave it and know what it's like to have it or not have it, right? And then once they have it, they're like, well, I can't go back to not being, you know, stable in my in my finances. But how was that moment for you of like, all right, I could easily get a job, but I won't because I believe in myself. I think the believing is an integral part of making that, those decisions. Um, I, I, I had to look at myself in the mirror or in terms of saying, I'm all in, I'm going to give it all I have for the next year. Like I, I did have to put myself a deadline to say, you know, if, if I have to go all in, then I'm going to do it for this amount of time. And if I'm not successful, then, then I go back. Right. But, but I, but putting, putting that timeline became extremely important and that that's something that i work also with my clients it's like put yourself a timeline and just give yourself grace for that time and in, in that in that year there were other like milestones that i needed to accomplish right it was like a full year of giving myself that the time to grow my business but within that year there were clear milestones that i needed to accomplish right. uh, to know that i was moving in the right direction uh, so I said, you know, in the next three months, this needs to happen. In the next, in the following three months, this needs to happen. In the following, like, it was having clear deadlines, clear uh, things. And then the other thing that was extremely important is I invested in myself. Because uh, it wasn't just about believing in myself. It was in really, like, investing in what I believed in. Because uh, because you can't expect to do things just like you can't expect a, 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 a plant to grow and be beautiful if you don't water it if you don't like you know put all these things if you don't tend to it like you really need to to do that and and I I hadn't understood that until that moment it, when when it clicked uh, and it was through that investing. In, in myself and my knowledge and my business uh, and, and just believing that, that I could do it. That's when things started to, to turn around. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. One of the things that I always tell myself is you can't show up for other people. You can't show up for the people you love or the things that you love or the projects or the business that you love if you're not showing up for yourself. And so I think you saying investing in yourself, I think that really is key to success in all the ways right but let's talk a little bit more about your business what is it <laughs> how can we learn more about it it's been three years it's been successful but just love to hear a little bit more about it yes so i'm a an executive career leadership uh, coach and and consultant i work sort of my business is built in three in three parts 
Uh, one is I work with individuals, uh, mostly mid-career Latinas, but I have clients, you know, I have C-suite level men. Uh, I have early career women and men, but, you know, the sweet spot is, is there in the, the mid-career um, part of, of Latinas. And it's individual coaching uh, that either helps them find the next step, helps them move to that next level, or helps them build their personal brand so that they can stand out, find their voice, and really like own own their their uh, own their voice and their brand. Uh, that's from an individual coaching perspective. Uh, and then I work with organizations uh, from either through workshops or coaching programs in that same vein to help them, uh, especially ERGs and, and talent management side of organizations, to help them and provide them, again, with the skill set and the assets for their employees so that then they can build that, that uh, those skills, those behaviors, those practices to grow in their career, establishing a clear career plan, you know, understanding their, their value in the organization, bring back their self-confidence, uh, all of those things, uh, self-advocacy, I'm doing a self-advocacy uh, training uh, this Friday, uh, which is very important for women, like how do we speak up uh, in, in a corporate environment. But that's sort of from a corporate perspective. Uh, and then I have a, a beautiful partnership uh, with a very dear friend, uh, from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective. Uh, so, so I also do that, and that's in collaboration and partnership with, with her coming into organizations and you know, helping them build those, those diverse and inclusive cultures uh, and environments. So all of them are under the same umbrella of people and, and development and thriving and giving them the tools, the strategies, the tactics that they need so that they can really show up and be who they're meant to be uh, in, in all these different phases of, of their life uh, as, as professionals. Yeah, and I love that it all circles back to what you said at the very beginning, and that is you're an engineer. You know what makes people tick. You can see it. Matrix, like I'm always remember you like that. <laughs> the matrix. But no, I think it's it's beautiful. And I love that you are almost like you're giving back. Like you're almost paying it forward all the years that you've had of experience of the ups, the downs, the roller coasters, the mom life, the wife life, the career life, all of that. And yeah. learning how to have harmony, as you said, and all those things. I think it's beautiful that you're now it feels like you're almost giving that knowledge to other people and coaching them on how to create the life that they want. So I think it's very beautiful. Thank you. I'm just so happy that you're here. So happy that you're sharing your story. And is there anything else? I know I want to talk about this book that you're creating. <laughs> anything else you want to share with us? Hint, hint. Yes, yes. So um, so elevating the voice for others is, is critical for me. Um, I, I think I didn't realize how important that was for my growth, how others advocated for myself, how others became my voice when I didn't even realize uh, that they were doing it for me. And I now see that uh, part of, of that moment where I wasn't growing was also because I wasn't uh, developing those, those relationships for others to, to be that voice 
and uh, when I wasn't there. So now I've consciously, very intentionally built uh, a platform uh, so that then I can be that voice for other women and then prepare them and then help them, you know, find the voice and, and putting it out there. Uh, because I think that's so, so important. You talk about giving back. It's definitely something that I, I feel very passionate about. Um, and it started last year in, in highlighting Latinas that, that, that I know are extraordinary. We're all extraordinary uh, in the things that we do, and maybe they don't know how to express that. So I started last year doing it, but it was like in short bursts, in short moments, and, and just like key highlights online. And then this year I, I was like, well, what's going to be my 2.0 version of it? Mm-hmm. And I've now published uh, one book, self-published, and then collaborated uh, right now in another book with other 16 incredible women of color uh, in our International Women of Color book. And I was like, okay, so now it's my turn to, to bring all that knowledge and become the platform for other incredible, extraordinary Latinas uh, and that they can, uh, that maybe don't have right now the time to write their own book, but they will have time and I can help them write their own chapter and I can be sort of the, mm. the, the catalyst in, in putting all of that together. Uh, so we're in a very tight time frame, uh, because we want to want, well, the vision is to launch in for Hispanic Heritage Month this year. Uh, so and we're on our way. <laughs> yes, we're on our way um, to make that happen. And and it's it's just a great project. And and the idea is just that it's just to bring together, collaborate as as Latinas that we are. Each of us bring a different story. While well, they are bringing their story, I'm just like putting the the, the framework together uh, so that they can share their incredible story. Uh, in in this book, uh, they're from all different walks of life, uh, from all different levels, also because I think that's that's important. And and we can see where it goes. Uh, so mm. we'll see. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love this project. You had told me about it, and I was like, I'm gonna for sure bring this up in the podcast because I think it's beautiful work that you're doing. And I love. I don't know why it resonates with me so much. Like women who are not ready to write a book, but can definitely write a chapter. I, yes. I don't know why that's so beautiful to me. It's like almost poetic. I'm like, yes, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. So thank and you so much. And some of them are already me. thinking about their book, like their book in the future. So this is like the stepping stone uh, of getting ready for, for that next step. So, you know, we all try and, uh, and I yeah. hope this platform will help them. Yeah, honestly. And I think, you know, I'm all about elevating Latino voices as well. This is why I have this this platform. But I think it's the beautiful part about the chapter, I think, is that once they write it, they're going to want to write their book because there's always more to the story, right? There's always yes. more that they can say, more that they can teach. So yes. it's just beautiful. Um, let's, let's wrap up this conversation. I know we're kind of coming to an end. And before I get into the closing, which is our reading these with our cafecito and mine is a little cold already, (laughs) but before we get to that, how can people connect with you? How can people, uh, find the work that you're doing, connect with you for the work that you're doing, or just be your mejor amiga? (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So, uh, the easiest way is the LinkedIn. LinkedIn is becoming like my... (laughs) I go to place so they can definitely 
uh, look for me on, on LinkedIn and Connect, uh, and also uh, in my website, which is uh, B-E-L-I-V-E, uh, so it's like BeLiveCoach.com. Uh, so they can also find me through my website, and that's where they can learn more about all the things that, that I do. Um, and I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram, but mostly LinkedIn, I would say, is the, the foolproof place uh, where people can, can connect with me, send me a message. Uh, I'll definitely answer uh, no matter how, how late or it might be in the day I normally <laughs> You know, answer back in less than 48 hours because I know that when people reach out, it's important to them. So it's important to me. Yeah. And whether it's an ERG or a corporation or an organization, a person, I am yes. so excited for folks to connect with you and find, find what they're looking for in the work that you're doing. So let's wrap up with the brindis. <laughs> yes. Con nuestro cafecito. What do you have with you? Is it cafe, tecito? No, no, it's actually water. Um, you'll see <laughs> in many of the podcasts that I'm in, you'll always see me with some colored water. Because yeah. I love water, but, you know, it needs to have some kind of flavor to it. So I normally change it. But today I think like, it's orange. Así es mi papá. Fíjate, he's like that too. He won't drink water unless we give it some flavor. <laughs> so funny no but i feel you let's close with the brindis and what i like to do here is close with a, a virtual cheers of brindis and give you the space to manifest some good for our latino community um and also just choose what you want to cheers to so what do you want to cheers to what do you want to manifest i i want to cheer for the future i want to cheer for the now and i want to invite everybody to be proud because uh, I think it's something that, that we forget or that we lose or that we minimize or that we adapt uh, and we don't realize that. And, and it's, it's when we go back and we become proud of who we are, our heritage, our, you know, our story, the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything, that's when we shine the brightest. So definitely I cheer to be proud. Ooh, love that. Let's manifest it. Let's cheers to it. Salud. <laughs> Salud. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in today. And shout out to all the Latinas out here making moves like Eliana. If y'all want to connect with the powerhouse yourself, visit www.believecoach.com. And that's believe, B-E-L-I-V-E. -E. Find her on LinkedIn. And of course, purchase her amazing book, Extraordinary Latinas. Y'all can also check out the show notes for links and more details. See y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. For all Hello Latino updates, follow Hello Latino Podcast on IG. And you can also follow my personal IG, O-H-J-4-A-S-M-I-N-E. And of course, find me on LinkedIn. Check out my website too, ovalishasm.com, for any other details. Con mucho amor, familia Noreña.